to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Dr. Wei Wu and his team, Harriet and Lottie, run Waypoint, a technology-based business based in Birmingham, providing cultural heritage information for people interested in the city of Birmingham. The team recognised the importance of using technology to preserve cultural stories as well as to reach a wider audience and they've translated much of their information into several languages to make it more accessible. Have a listen. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today. Thank you Jude, very nice to having me and very nice to have my team here as well. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing from all of you uh, about about your business and about who you are and what you're passionate about. So can you can we start there? Can you tell us who you are and, and what you do, please? Sure. My name is Wei Wu. Um, I'm doing research here in Birmingham, but at the same time, I'm building my business called Waypoint. So I'm uh, both entrepreneur and academic researcher. OK, thank you. And and uh, can you tell us what what Waypoint does and and what you what you do as a business? Of course, uh, Waypoint is a digital startup to promote Birmingham as a city. We love Birmingham. We think Birmingham can be better told in different layers and different languages. So we set up this business in the uh, end of twenty seventeen, and we are trying to promote Birmingham with different languages, and of course, with different digital tools. I will tell you more about our products, but I will let my team teach itself. <laughs> Uh, before that, Thank yeah, you. thanks, Wei. Who's next? Okay. Oh, I'll go. Um, so I'm Harriet. I work with Wei as his content associate. So I write and research most of the content that we produce. Um, it's mainly about Birmingham, but we look at different aspects. So Wei came up with the concept of a, a Birmingham atlas, which is a series of books. Um, each of them are about different topics. So we've done a few of them. Charlotte wrote one about gin bars in Birmingham. I've written a sort of student survival guide um, to the city um, in the areas around the University of Birmingham, where I also study history at the moment. Fantastic. Thanks, Harriet. Yeah, so I am um, also um, a student at the University of Birmingham. I study English and creative writing. So I'm coming into this sort of um, in a similar position to you. I think that I hadn't, um, I hadn't had much experience with technology before um, starting doing this job. I'd done um, sort of social media things before at university. But um, now I sort of look after our social media running day to day and um, the sort of marketing side of the business. So things like um, sort of communicating with partners and things. Uh, we like to try and work with local businesses um, 
local technology companies uh, to really get that expertise of the region and the tech that we're working with. Um, so yeah, my role is mostly um, online, a uh, lot of lot of social media and a lot of sort of communicating with partners. Right. Thank you. I mean, it it sounds it sounds really obvious and. And then I think, well, why has nobody done why has nobody done this before? Because Birmingham is is I'm not sure if it's the most diverse city in Europe, but it's certainly one of the most diverse cities in Europe, isn't it? And you know, you've talked about languages. There are multiple languages um, spoken in in Birmingham, and and there's a massive tech scene. And so, why wouldn't we use technology to to expand the reach of of making people feel at home when they come to to the region? So and um, it makes total sense. Tell tell me about what your what your vision is. What what made you start the business? Great. Yeah. If I can start with that, um, Jude, I will tell my stories. Um, I started with my personal interest on campuses. Um, um, I I I've not sure been to University of Birmingham campus before, but there are quite a few sculptures and uh, heritage towers, uh, portraits of people over there. And when I walk through the campus, I always amazed these standings, always amazed by this um, presence of the art and history on campuses. But I didn't know them very well. I know like some tales, for example, you cannot go across uh, the, the Ojo, but otherwise you'll fail. But I don't know who was the Ojo. And I was very curious about the stories behind the things. And I, I had difficulties finding information about this campus. I even didn't know the names. I know university is trying to improve these visibilities in recently, but it's still not very easy to me at the beginning of my journey to understand what this space is about. And when my parents came over to visit me, it's even harder because I cannot through a book saying, read this, this is uh, the Birmingham University. I have to translate to them. They don't speak English as the primary languages. Um, there are quite a big community of, of students over there who do not speak English as their first language and their parents who visit here, what reason uh, uh, are not speaking English neither. So this is a difficulty for me. I cannot understand the, the, the campus very well. And I have to do research with different languages and this different in my area. And I'm trying to, to do this research with both languages, English and in Chinese. And obviously there are quite a few social, part, social media in China who's trying to show you uh, similar content. However, uh, while I was doing this research, for example, on WeChat, which has uh, 700 million download uh, last year, as one of the most popular social media platform in, in Chinese uh, users. There are very little things about Birmingham. Um, I did experiment that I type Birmingham English into the WeChat search engine. It shows only 7,000 uh, results. And many of the things are to do with education of like university stuff. And if I put Birmingham to Chinese, it's just a different thing, but still it's talking about um, industry things and the, the television stuff. Um, so it's not very comprehensive. It doesn't help students to understand the city better. And that is why I think I should do something more to, to make Birmingham more visible places in Chinese and tell more about his legends in different aspects. And I believe my colleagues have different stories to tell. Yeah, so, well, so let's hear them. Thank you, Wei. That's really fascinating. Harriet and Lottie, what, what are your stories? Um, well, as I'm a student at the university, um, I, I, I understand what Wei means is walking around. There's lots of different sculptures. There's the old Joe Memorial Clock Tower and things like that. But 
as a day-to-day student just going around the university or when we were allowed on campus <laughs> um we don't really notice these things that much you just go from lecture to lecture class to class and it's similar um in the fact that when when just living in Birmingham most people including students don't really appreciate the history that is around them you just go about your day-to-day business without noticing or paying attention to these things and especially for me as a history student I'm very interested in the past and why things happened why they are the way they are and I noticed like I'm in my third year now but my first second year of university I never really engaged with Birmingham's history of working with way I've started to look into it a lot more and I just think it's important especially as if we're living here we should know something about the background of where we're living. For example if I can add up here like there's some um, you know random comments on TripAdvisor which is a very popular technology platform uh, people use to explore the city uh, where I identified that people randomly commented on Winterboat as a very old uh, damped and molted places that you shouldn't go because it's really old. But you know, it didn't know that people treated Winterboat as a very um, heritage of art and craft. And they're trying to keep the original stories of that. And there's a huge garden over there and the, the style of the housing and the treatment are slightly different. So I think what we noticed that this Winterboat um, stuff put a lot of comments uh, over there trying to explain this is not because we are old, this is because we are a different style. And uh, if you want to know the history of the things, you will know why it shows in differently uh, than other buildings probably in London. So that's a very interesting story I had shared with Harriet earlier that uh, the technology is provide itself doesn't solve the knowledge, doesn't provide um, the history um, because it's random users' comments. It lacks of engagement with local historians, with um, the professional staff over there. So that's, that's a, that's an interesting issue we have discussed a little bit earlier on the Tech Week. Um, sorry, I, maybe I should let, let Lottie to share her stories about how to use technology. It's okay, it's very, uh, it's very exciting to hear that story again, Wei. Um, yeah, so I am, uh, I'm very familiar with Birmingham. I'm not from the city itself, but I'm from the Midlands. Um, so I wanted to really get into um, some stories that you don't hear even even when you are familiar with the region so as Harriet said earlier I've been working on a book about uh, gin bars in the city because it's something that's gotten really popular in the last sort of five six seven years but it's not something that you ever really hear about um, in especially in that much depth with the history attached I've come across plenty of articles about different bars in Birmingham, but not about the history that's attached to them or about the sort of culture of making gin that we've got here because there's a really big, big distillery, Langley's, I believe it's called. Uh, so, yeah, I've, what I really wanted to do with my project was to sort of get into stories that would be popular with people, but that have just not been told or not been told from such depth or from a specific angle and I find I find that really fascinating because what what I'm hearing you're you're doing is you're using a technology platform to bring stories alive to bring history alive to bring the arts alive 
And, and so often we think that those two things are, are at odds with each other. Whereas what, I, what I'm hearing is you're bringing the two together and you're, you're making those, some of those stories accessible that might be in the heads of either a historian or the heads of grandparents or you know, the elderly that those things can so easily get forgotten. Is, is, that, is that what you were trying to do with, with the technology to, to bring those stories alive? Yes, Jude, it's, it's my vision to, to bring that to life. My research area is about fintech. It's about how to use technology to make financial services more accessible to small businesses and to the, to the uh, marginalized communities. So I, I spend time to understand the technology and understand uh, the marginalized community. I think it's not only you know, in the financial services, but also in the cultural areas as well. And I think culture is more international at the moment in the finance itself, because no matter where you go, you probably wouldn't buy a property over there or, or back for a loan over there, but you probably will, will know the buildings and know the histories and know who's the celebrities from that region. And part of that's part of your experiences. So I think it's more, probably more inclusive and maybe technology can play a better role in this process. Um, and that's also where the problem is as well. Um, I, did, I, I shared the story over there in Tech Week that as a tour guide of the back-to-back, the National Trust in Birmingham, which just right uh, located in the center of the Chinese quarter, they were frustrated for having no Chinese audiences to visit. And as the Chinese residents around that region, which I lived there earlier, I didn't know why. There's uh, old houses and selling candy, sh- candy shops and some candies over there and attracts a lot of elderly people getting into this small shop and disappeared. I'm really disappointed, like frustrated about what, why it's happening every day. So I approached them and asked them, what are you doing? Why, why you, you are looks like a candy shop, but there are only elderly to visit you. Then they responded saying, um, we are a museum. We are the number one museum on TripAdvisor. Don't you know that? I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll do my research. But um, yeah, as a Chinese, like we, we explore museums, not on TripAdvisor. We use museums on something different in Chinese. So I didn't find your identities in that particular counterparts. That's probably right. Why we didn't know you very well. And I said, oh, well, sorry. We didn't know there are some alternative solutions to TripAdvisor. We didn't know we should build up images with there. And please tell me more about what you use and can help us to do things. So I became a volunteer afterwards and became a tour guide. I think I'm the first non-English speaking as first language tour guide over there. And I think I'm really rewarding and I hope that I bring these changes in the future to, to, to the wider audiences. And technology absolutely is the, the core issue. I'll explain how we do that, but maybe my, my colleagues would say something else as well. In terms of using technology to bring it, bring things to a wider audience, as I mentioned before, with all the books that we are writing, we have plans to translate them all into other languages, essentially, that are spoken in Birmingham, but we don't speak. Essentially, we work with translators to do this. And we're also working on a series of blogs at the moment. So I'm currently working on one about Bourneville and the history and the Cadbury family and how it came to be, essentially. So these vlogs we hope to use voiceovers. So there'll obviously be a voiceover in English and then we'll change the voiceover to Chinese, which Wei is going to do and other languages as like so forth and so on as we need. So I think that engaging 
the international community in Birmingham through their own languages, which helps them potentially understand things in a way that we can't necessarily explain to them in English, just helps to further this endeavour. Completely. And, and do you find that in doing those translations then, that not only are you reaching a wider audience, but because of the cultural diversity of your audience, they will have different perspectives on what they want to hear or what they want to see. Does that then influence what the way that you write up about those things or the, or the things that you are interested in? So I've written a student survival guide essentially to the University of Birmingham and speaking with Wei, who obviously had, has had an experience being an international student, there are definitely things that I put in that book that I necessarily wouldn't necessarily have done if um, I hadn't spoken to Wei. So it never really occurred to me that potentially Chinese or any international students, they don't know how our medical services work. So speaking with Wei, apparent, like for us, obviously we know that you go to the GP for certain things, you can go to A&E, but Wei didn't necessarily know this when he first came to the UK. So I wrote a whole section explaining explain how you sign up for the GP, where you would go for certain things. And I wouldn't have probably wouldn't have done that if I hadn't spoken to him beforehand helps answer the question. Yeah, yeah, completely, because it's so easy to to see things from a white British point of view, isn't it? And yet Birmingham has, is it 49 percent of the population is is other ethnicities other than white British? And therefore you're missing half of the population of Birmingham if you're only speaking from a white British point of view. And, and what I'm hearing then is that you're using technology as a way to access that wider population, to engage people outside of Birmingham, outside of, outside of the UK and encourage them to come and explore the city. Um, and also encouraging uh, white British people to then start to think differently about our experience of the city and culture and history as well. Absolutely, Jude. I think um, there's another story I'd like to share with you here, like particularly after the post-pandemic period and how uh, museums and cultural heritage organizations can engage more audiences digitally and inclusively. There is an example that uh, Victoria and, um, and uh, is that called London, Victoria and Albert Museum in London, mm -hmm. um, which organized a, um, a live stream on Chinese platform called um, Kuaishou, which attracted three, three, more than three million audiences in one hour. And they sell a lot of souvenirs online as well. Um, and it really amazed me because if that thing can happen in London, uh, in VNA, why it cannot be happening in Birmingham? And we have the arguably the largest independent museum trust in Birmingham, which covers more than nine sites around the city. There are a lot of stories to tell I'm approaching them saying, I know how to use these platforms. I'm, I, I know how to present your history. That's why I trained, I'm trained with, with different people. Um, and I wish to, to do that with you. So, you know, if they, if they, if you understand the platforms and if they embarrass what VNA achieved over there, I wish I can, I can help them to, to achieve that. And that might be an example to explain uh, why and how the technology as a alternative solution can promote local heritages and particularly after the, the pandemic. Of course, Lotia was trained uh, with the DI Department of International Trade on certain things as well. So 
we, we are as a team very keen to, to work on this sector. During Tech Week, I went to a talk about uh, virtual reality and how it can be used to um, train people. I think the example that was used was um, police and paramedics and sort of jobs like that where you, at the moment, you might need some extra um, ways of social socially distanced training. Um, but we thought about looking into using that in a way that we could sort of almost recreate a historical place or a historical moment um, just to get like a really immersive experience of that history. Mm. Uh, we've also been looking into uh, interactive um, content for our um, sort of social media following. Uh, we've looked into um, interactive PDFs, which is not something I've ever heard of before. Um, but looking into how they work, I think they're really they're a really great and quite succinct way of um, getting a lot of information across. Yeah, Jude, and what's amazing is that we are not approaching London, we're not approaching New York for this help. This is just technologies around us. There are people in Birmingham, there are entrepreneurs around us, and I feel really excited to work with them and to find new solutions to make the city better. So that's, that's something I will agree with you, that people is the core issue on the technology, and that makes the entrepreneur journey more interesting, isn't it? Well, yeah, and I think that that's... To come to come to the the premise of this podcast, which is looking at that intersection between humanity and and technology, everything the stories that you're telling me are absolutely all about how do we use technology to create a richer, more diverse cultural experience, not just for people in Birmingham, but to attract people to Birmingham. Um, so to attract people at a time when tourism is is arguably a really challenging industry um, with with COVID-19 at the moment. But tell, tell, tell me more around because technology gets a bad flack, doesn't it? You know, we in the entrepreneurial circles, we know that technology businesses are the businesses that get all of the investment. Everybody's looking to invest in the next Amazon or the next Uber um, that we're. <clears throat> that technology is often seen as divisive, social media is often polarising. You know, technology gets a bad flag, doesn't it, right now? Um, like, tell, tell me, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm hearing from you so many stories uh, of how technology is actually enhancing our, our, our human experience. Like, what's your, what's your hope for the future of how we use it? Um, I may start from um, here again. Um, I wish I can create um, an app, for example, that people open the map. They can saw um, a map with interesting places, um, possibly with cultural heritage stuff around them. Um, if you open a Google map at the moment, it shows um, a street in front of you and you have to go straight to somewhere else where you ping to. Um, ideally, in my app in the future, when you open an app, um, the app will tell you 500 meters away from you, there is a museum called Sally Manor, um, and you should go there because, um, because of several reasons. Um, and if you want to switch into different layers, um, for example, you like music or you like religion, uh, you can switch different map that tells you, you know, different things, but on the same approach. And then in this app, uh, you can also do training as well. Um, 
as a student, uh, we, we know how to play with the apps and we're interested to, to pay the apps to, to work us. And we have, we're developing a course at the moment that use interactive content, including the video and the, the contest to get a student a certificate who passed the certificate to be awarded a Birmingham ambassador. Because that's the reason to show you have read out um, books that have understand Birmingham similar ways and perhaps you can get a certificate and you can use the certificate in the future to show um, your dedication of, of your study and of your city. And we hope that will bring value to our, um, to our customers as well. And I've also used a digital calendar before, which hope I can include in my app as well. A digital calendar shows what's interesting events around city. And of course you will ask me for why, why cannot I use Eventbrite or why not Meetup? I like these platforms. I, I use this every week. I spend two hours on these outside apps and, and book the tickets on different apps. Um, I think my app, my calendar was different because um, we put all the information for you. So if you are someone like me who's interested around things in Birmingham, you don't need to spend two hours every week to pitch up or, or, or pick up events around you. It's, it's selected for you and you just need to um, you know, syndicate with your own calendar, that's it. And if you want to pay, you can get more events. And I think it's, uh, it's helpful because um, places like back-to-backs uh, or um, the pen, pen museums wouldn't necessarily have a staff that uh, organize events and put them on Eventbrite. You may have to go to their own website to collect these events. And if you do not know, there is a pen museum in Birmingham, as you probably the first to visit Birmingham, you probably wouldn't have the chance to visit the pen museums and you wouldn't include the new itinerary. And that's, that's an unfortunate journey. Um, so I hope my calendar can be used for visitors who stay in the city for a while or who just came here for a short period of time. As you may mention, Birmingham is a growing city, still is growing. Many people from London have to relocate to Birmingham with their work. For example, the uh, HSBC or HS2 or PwC are all headquartered in Birmingham, the second largest city. So I believe these solutions or these apps will be helpful for them. Um, we are developing the solutions at the moment and we're trying to put them into one app. In the future, I'm not sure if the app is the best thing, but still, uh, there, there should be something um, for these people. And um, I'm happy to try as a, as a pioneer to develop things. And Harriet and Lottie are helping me to develop things. And maybe you can show with Jude what they're doing on that as well. So my main role, as I said before, is I basically the person that researches and writes content for the company. So within this, we, Wei has, before I joined the company, Wei had already produced something called the 50 Places book for Birmingham, which lists 50 different places in Birmingham. Most of them are heritage sites or cultural places of interest. And I'm continuing on this theme because by finding different dates that are mainly obviously historical, but we hope to publish them on our social media and with the calendar so we can see what ha has happened previously on this day in Birmingham and potentially what events are coming up. Things like Matthew Bolton's birthday, he was an extremely influential person in Birmingham in the Industrial Revolution. People may not have heard of him, but he's a big part of Birmingham's progress. Um, and similarly, uh, with the events that are coming up, it's important for people to be able to engage in events run by the 
the council events run by the museums and such. It just enables people to engage with the city as Wei has said. And also eventually with this, the app, with the maps, they'll be able to find them relatively easily, perhaps more than they did before. So I've been, um, like Harriet said, we've been looking at publishing some of these dates on our social media. Wei has the idea of our social media being a place you can come for a lot of obscure or lesser known information about Birmingham. Uh, different historical figures, historical events, movements and organisations um, that have existed in the city in the past and that still exist now. So we have been working on sort of creating a bank of dates and important events throughout history that we can make known on our social media and just create a sort of a, a place, uh, a place people can sort of come across to find out more about uh, Birmingham's history. Um, just also going back to the 50 places that Harriet mentioned, we've got um, Instagram sort of cards and graphics that one of our colleagues, Chen, has designed for us. Um, so those have been translated into lots of different languages. Uh, we've just finished the Vietnamese ones now. We've also done Hindi, Mandarin, and Portuguese as well as English. Uh, so we publish those and keep them in our in our highlights, uh, just as a sort of a first port of call when you get to our social media sites, particularly our Instagram, um, just so people can see sort of almost like a summing up of what we do. And um, that's the first thing you come across on our Instagram. So it's sort of, if you're looking for more obscure places in Birmingham, that's the very first thing you see. And Jude, if I can come back with your um, with your questions before that why we are using people instead of machine to, to create this content and why we think people are better at the moment in creating this content. I think as um, Harriet and Marty mentioned, we are making these translations with people who were staying in the city. They were very likely my uh, PhD colleagues who study at the University of Birmingham and who love the city afterwards as well, like me, and ask them, okay, we spent five or six years in the city. Now you are working at different locations. However, Birmingham would be a place that in, my, in our lives forever, it wouldn't be faded away. Would you like to say something about the city? I've got the English template. Would you like to see how would you tell these stories to the future people who come into the city from your country? And they're glad that they just accepted without any hesitations. They said, yeah, let me do this, it's amazing. So the, the, the quotation they put on our Instagram stories are their own translations. They're put emotionally in things and like that. And they, they put the best uh, linguistic skills with their home language to these translations. So this is, is for me, it's alive. It's not like Google translators, which works, but sometimes they are not embedded your feeling with this translation. So I believe our translation would be interesting and be a very good introduction for people who speak that language is our landed in the city as well. And why we are better than the technology is because the algorithm currently can pick up information from existing databases like the TripAdvisor or the Booking.com. They can tell you which hotel is good, which hotel is not good. They can tell you which canteen is interesting, which canteen is not interesting. But in terms of history, um, this is dirty work. I think the algorithm cannot put up at the moment. 
unfortunately. And that's something I think to rely on the technology at the moment wouldn't be better than put historian like Harriet, who's studying here locally, who's passionate about things locally, and put their knowledge and skills into these this platforms. I believe their future, there are better algorithms will be developed. The, the better technology and better companies will come to Birmingham. But they would like to work with us because we created this very alive content over there. And that is what they need and that what they cannot create it from scratch. So I think that's the real value we're, we're putting here and we'll, we'll be ready when the future comes with better answer to call us. And I think that's, you know, I think that's what I find really fascinating about this is that you're, you're using technology to make stories accessible. But ultimately, the stories are stories that are personal, that are emotional, that are real living stories of people who've lived and worked in Birmingham over over centuries. And and it's only by by pulling those stories from people in a personal way that we really bring them alive and that what you're doing is is bringing those alive so that people can create more stories in the future by engaging with those places with those historical people um, by reading more by by having their minds widen from a from a cultural perspective so that they're seeing things from a, a wider view of 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 what Birmingham can be and what it is and um, it's been really fascinating to talk to you all today I'm afraid we've run out of time but thank you so much for sharing your stories and bringing alive the work that you're doing your absolutely at the heart of that intersection between technology and humanity and how we use one to enhance the other and um, so I wish you every every future success with your business and thank you for your time today and thank you Jim, for having us I'm really proud to my, my team joined this with me and thank you for um, giving us the chance to tell our stories thank you I was struck by the power of stories to both delight and entertain us and how they bring culture and history alive and shape our future. I like the idea that technology can make history more interesting as well as more accessible and that we're missing out when we don't know about the rich, rich cultural diversity of our local cities. How might you rethink the way that you look at history and places based on a different cultural perspective? And how might technology give you greater access to that? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology... You may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech.